You're listening to The Web for Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. Back again for another Web4 SEO podcast. I'm Michael Cortez, marketing manager over here at Web4. And hi, I'm Kevin Getch, uh, CEO and founder of Director of Digital Strategy at Web4. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, I want to get this kicked off and just say how, how much I've missed the uh, Web4 podcast the past couple months and really been sad to not be able to put these episodes together because I really enjoy uh, so much this time that we get together to just chat SEO and I really find it valuable uh, and I hope our viewers find it valuable as well. So we, we like to share all the great information. Agreed. Uh, well, we're uh, obviously got a plan to be more consistent on these and diversify the topic. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm really excited about our topic today because it is a, a big, hairy, complex topic that a lot of businesses um, struggle with. And, and we see this all the time that uh, SEO agencies and businesses struggle. And it's because it's a lot. It's, it's uh, you know, it's at scale. So uh, what is the topic we're, we're focusing on today, Michael? Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Kevin. Today we're going to be chatting multi-location SEO. Uh, this is a big one. I mean, this is uh, very important in making sure your SEO strategy or your approach to your your online presence is is in line here to get the most uh, return, right, and have the most positive impact and get the results you're looking for. Um, so, yeah, this is a great subject. Uh, looking forward to chatting multi-location SEO. Thoughts? Yeah. So, I've seen what a huge impact this has for businesses. And, and what's really cool about multi-location SEO is when it comes to SEO, it's one of the faster tactics that uh, can be implemented. Uh, there's a lot of things that take time and a lot of work and planning that goes into it. But when you look at SEO as a whole, it tends to be a bigger ship. And we've seen clients in a period of two months, sometimes three months, when they have a lot of locations, when you can actually get the data and do all that stuff to see huge results because you're able to, at scale, uh, update this information um, and get, I mean, we'll, we're going to go into it, but update this information to be able to get the advantage of being local in all these different areas, as opposed to just being this large company. It's like, oh, you have all these individual locations that you're just not uh, maximizing. And to me, that kills me. I want to see businesses you know, if you have an advantage, you want to be able to use that. And local SEO is such a huge advantage because people are shopping locally. You want to appear in the map pack. You want to appear for those local searches. So I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, we have so many great subjects we're going to touch on today and really a lot of best, great best practices we're going to be sharing. So definitely tune in, stay, stay tuned in and listen in to all the, all the tips and tricks we're going to be sharing. Cause this is going to be some good stuff. Um, yeah, just uh, like Kevin said, there's so much impact. Even one of the areas we're going to be talking about, for example, like Google Business Profile, right? The the impact you can have on your business from a multi-location SEO perspective or just from a visibility perspective, right? Conversions, revenue, all those things on just from just Google Business Profile itself, right? It can really make or break the success of, of your multi-location business and and really take your business to the next level. So I'm really looking forward to, to chatting more about the subject. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I, in my mind, I have one specific case study we did for this, this very large business. Uh, they're, they're global, but we started out with, I think, like around 50 of their locations in the U.S., which was maybe maybe a little around a third of the locations they actually had, but we chose like here are the top priority locations and we did it as kind of like a proof of concept and did that. And we saw just tremendous increases uh, and results from that so much that the business was like, okay, we need to then expand this out and, and keep doing that. So um, yeah. one of the biggest things I see um, there's a, there's a lot of things, but one of the biggest things I see uh, businesses not do effectively is is utilizing their website to target multi-location businesses by by having um, location specific pages uh, for mm -hmm. their locations uh, can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit more about like why that's important 
what are some of the best practices around it? Uh, what are some of the things you, mistakes made? Anything like that around uh, kind of setting up local landing pages? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll try to touch on all those points as, as best as I can. But just some initial thoughts as far as a little bit of a, a horror story we, you may want to avoid here is just having kind of like you were mentioning, not really having dedicated local landing pages for each of your either service areas for, or for each of your locations, right? You, We see it, uh, occasionally where uh, a business with 15 different locations has all of their locations listed on one page, right? Or maybe they don't even have a single page for all of their locations, right? That's huge opportunity being missed uh, as far as a visibility perspective locally in each geo. Um, and then really just an understanding perspective for Google to better understand what your business does, what areas it's relevant in, uh, and yeah, what, you know, what search terms you want to show up for ultimately, right? Which leads to the revenue and, and all that uh, great stuff. So uh, yeah, it's just a huge opportunity uh, for businesses to increase their understanding uh, on, the, on the crawler front or on Google's front, uh, but also on, you know, getting better visibility for their for their local areas. So showing up in those map packs, showing up in those organic results in those local areas, definitely an area you don't want to, uh, you wanna make sure you're, you're approaching correctly and very uh, strategically. Um, you talked about some of the best practices as far as local landing page goes, and there's a long list of them. We could probably dedicate a, a whole episode just to chatting about uh, local landing page best practices, yeah, right? Yeah. And when you're doing it at scale, uh, it's even more important because, you know, maybe you have 20 locations or maybe you have 500 locations throughout the U.S., right? So uh, whether it's 10 locations or 500, you know, the approach is the same uh, from the best practice perspective for the most part, right? Um, there's some nuances here and there. Yeah. Did you want to talk through uh, some of those best practices that we were, th that we were uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons that, or one of the things I want um and because obviously there's there's different range of audience understanding, and so I mm -hmm. want to explain why um, from a why from Google's algorithm having location pages is important, and I, I'll I'll do the shortest version I can. So I'm going to miss out for the people who have a deeper understanding. There's a lot I'm not going to cover, but the short version is that um, specificity is really important. Um, user experience is really important. Uh, and when you have someone who's looking, doing a local search, the Google Maps pack is uh, a big, it's usually your Google business profile is one of the number one ranking factors. And so if you have a location there and it just goes to your main homepage, um, it's not going to be as specific and as related to their search as that individual location page is that provides a little bit more detail about the location that has some of the best practices that we're going to talk about um, that is linked from that location page. So having each location, you know, go to that location page and then all the things that we're going to talk about today kind of fall into that as far as best practices now, because it's looking for the address, it's looking to match the address on the page. And so Google's, you know, Google's basically, it's verifying, it's adding trust that a, the things that it's going to be easy for them to find and be that they're sending them to the right place. Right. Uh, rather than, Oh, you're just going to some homepage. And then I don't even know, like there's no, maybe there is no lo local thing in that location. So this actually really provides a lot of trust from that factor and provides a great user experience as well. And then allows you to provide, you know, all the other areas optimized that we're going to talk about in more detail. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's that's a great call out. And really, the local algorithm, like you're saying, is really driven by three key areas, right? Prominence, relevance, and proximity. So that's kind of that whole proximity piece that you're talking about is, you know, if you want to show up in that area, right, you have to have a location or just be relevant for that area, right? Have a location that's in that proximity, right? So Google links likes to provide the best user experience and they like to rank pages or content that is relevant for that local area. So it's very important for uh, just, yeah, like that understanding front um, and for how the Google algorithm operates for you to uh, have local landing pages that are optimized and, you know, ready for SEO best practices. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Great call out, Kevin. Uh, I really appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, let me ask a question that I think some businesses would ask. Um, 
is, you know, they're like, well, I have, you know, we have locations in each state. What I, can I just do uh, a page for uh, each state and list all the locations on there? Like, would that be okay. Yeah, that probably would be an easier approach depending how many locations you have, right? So uh, that is an option, not the best option. Uh, not an option I'd recommend, but it is an option, right? Um, if you want the best visibility and give your business the best opportunity for growth and um, to show up in that local map pack and show up organically, really dedicated location pages is so important to the success of a website that has that uh, local relevance, right? Because some businesses don't have multi-location, so then that's not a, a problem that you're going to have to solve. But, uh, yeah, for any business that does, location pages are right up there with one of the most important factors for uh, multi-location SEO. I'd say that and Google Business Profile are almost, you know, guide yeah. number one for, for being two of the most important factors there. Yeah, and we've worked on some, uh, like, really large um directory database type projects where it's, you know, they're looking at state and city area, sometimes even zip code. And there's, there's yeah. all this different information that you have to think about when you're um, creating like URL structure and categories and, and title tags and all that kind of stuff. So we, 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 we've dealt with those, um, those complexities at scale. It's, you know, it's easier if you have 20 locations mm -hmm. or something like that. It's like, you know, it can be easier, but when you start to grow and you, you have a lot of locations, it becomes uh, more complex. So um, yeah. maybe you could dive into a little bit more um, what you think is some of the best practices, whether that be on page, like, uh, you know, title tag, yeah. URL, meta description, anything like that uh, we can kind of jump into and start talking about a little bit more. Yeah, just to dive into the location landing pages, so kind of continuing on on that area specifically to really give some best practices, because like you're saying, people who are listening are of all different skill sets and all different knowledge. So really, as far as best practices on the location landing page uh, point, title tag, as you mentioned, is a huge one, right? You want to make sure you're including your primary keyword that you're targeting, and then the geo uh, is typically highly recommended. So if it's if you're a plumber in, um, we'll go Vancouver, Wa, right? That's where we're at. We're we're at, so we'll stick here locally. So if you're a plumber in Vancouver, Wa, um, you want a plumber Vancouver, Wa in your title tag. More than likely, right? You have to understand what the data is telling you. If that backs up, um, you know, if the keyword research backs up your intuition or your your approach, then obviously that's the best direction to go. You kind of have to validate it with the data, right? So I'm making some assumptions here. Um, but you typically including your main primary keyword and your geo relevant area um, would be best practice as far as title tag. Um, and then obviously, as far as psychological uh, marketing goes, you know, there's other factors as you might may want to include in the title tag to influence clicks and things like that. But that's really outside the scope of this discussion. Right. Um, but yeah, title tags, a huge one. Meta descriptions, another area, um, especially if you're talking about getting clicks from search results, right? You want to make sure you have first a meta description that includes your primary keyword, which is more than likely your keyword plus geo, um, as well as, you know, a call to action. Um, and really a uh, meta description that's going to influence them to want to click and take action is should be the ultimate goal, right? And there's it's almost an art and a science behind prepping meta descriptions to influence clicks from SERPs, right? So those are really two big areas, and that kind of encompasses the metadata. Um, and then you have a lot of more of your traditional on-page factors, uh, headers being a, a major one, um, right? Internal linking uh, being another one. These are all areas where you really want to make sure that you're, you have your page optimized, give yourself the best visibility to rank. Um, so uh, internal linking, I can't understate the... Uh, the importance here as far as that goes and, and how you're approaching that. That is basically how Google's going to understand your website. So crawling from link to link. So giving them uh, anchor links that accurately describe the content that users are going to click to uh, is very helpful in helping Google better understand what to rank pages for or, or what keywords are relevant. So uh, internal linking is a very, uh, very important ranking factor. Um, 
And we already there's, touched on headers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a question I can see uh, some more on the business side or internal marketing team asking, going, well, we know it's best practice to create, um, you know, like generally have each service on its own page. So if mm -hmm. um, going with plumber and if we say, well, we do water heaters and we do toilet repair and we do commercial yeah. and, you know, and they have all these different things. And so, um, you know, like I could see them going, well, like how do I dress it on a location page and would I have to create new individual pages for each of those locations? And I, I'm going to kind of preface this with, I'd say almost in most cases, probably not. You would probably be, because when you're talking about internal linking, you'd probably be listing some of your services that that location does offer because some of our mm -hmm. clients don't offer all locations in some areas. But yeah. if you can, if you can say, Hey, these are the services we offer and you have, you know, unique content around those, or even just bolded where you're linking to those pages, then that helps also that page show up for some of those other areas besides your primary keyword, uh, looking for that location. Thank you for getting specific there, Kevin. Yeah, definitely recommend having links back to your service pages and your service pages linking to your, uh, to your local landing pages, right? There are ways, and we'll talk a little bit on the SEO at scale piece. There are ways to obviously, there are, um, you know, exceptions like you're talking about where you don't offer the same service at every location, but there are ways to template this out from a design perspective, right? Where you have different templated blocks that you would just add to like a local landing page that could be templated across all the landing pages. Um, so you don't necessarily have to add the links to each page manually, right? There's ways to kind of template it out. Now, Google does see that as boilerplate content, so it might not get the same uh, love as an internal link that's just in the body content, but it's still valuable, right? To have that boilerplate content that would link to your service page area. So yes, the, the approach or the strategy just from an internal linking perspective is extensive, right? Cause then that's not even considering, you know, how your blog approach or your more resource related content approach is tying in to your strategy for your local landing pages and for your service pages. Uh, but it is, uh, Internal linking is one of those areas we could really cover multi episodes, right? Just going over different strategies and approaches. It's such an important area of SEO. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking some of this from a development standpoint too, because we often are doing the development of this or or advising on mm -hmm. the development of this too. And yeah. Yeah. so sometimes it's it's um, certain content you want to show up. Sometimes it's downloads or resources that are related. Sometimes it's, like you said, blog content so that your when you take that, it automatically appears into those pages because it's related to that local geo. There's a lot of different things that you can um, do from a development standpoint, but it's, it's one of those balances of like understanding um, the cost benefit analysis, the difficulty, the reward, and being able to determine like what the best uh, progress is forward. Yeah, because a lot of times we want to test to make sure the user is having a good experience on that page. We want to know conversions, if they're using the phone mm -hmm. call, if they're using directions. We want to track all those kind of things. So, um, yeah, like one of the things that um, I think people don't understand when they're talking about the importance of like structured data schema and things like that mm -hmm. um, and how 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 is that important for multi-location SEO? Yeah, so schema uh, is definitely an area that's grown in recent years. It's still, you know, with the state of SEO and Google using AI and, and more machine learning and things like that, I could see a uh, state of SEO in the future where schema won't be quite as important, right? Because Googlebot will be able to better understand content, you know, just, just better and more clearly and connect, you know, entities and relationships. So I could see a point where schema... Uh, becomes less of a focus, but right now schema is uh, such a huge uh, area to better help Google understand what your content is, uh, what keywords you want to rank for, uh, and basically what your organization does, what services it offers, what it represents. So schema is an opportunity, um, especially when you're talking locations, uh, local business schema specifically, is a huge opportunity from, from a local SEO and multi-location SEO perspective to drive relevance, authority, and understanding at a local level. 
Uh, so local business, SEO, and there's some advanced level tactics that uh, we can cover really quick. I think for people who are, uh, you know, really in deep into technical SEO would uh, really benefit from the information. Um, but schema is just one, another way to really uh, help drive Google's understanding of your brand, what it does, what products it offers and, and what it's relevant for. So um, obviously it's a markup language, you know, could be uh, you could use JavaScript or JSON LD to mark it up, but uh, it's just something you add to the website to better help Google understand what you do. So for the uh, uninitiated who got lost during that, Michael is obviously uh, uh, an expert in this topic and speak, you know, in the way he's talking about it for people who are in the SEO industry, you are totally understand that. But if you don't understand it, the, I'll give the, the beginner level version, which is basically it's a code you don't see uh, that marks up information on your website um, that tells search engines more about it. And if you think about it, I'd never thought about this before, Michael, but if you think about it, it's actually very helpful in training Google's AI, if you understand how AI and ML works, uh, for them to validate their training. Uh, so at some point they won't need it because yeah. if their algorithm is saying, is this yes, and then they're using schema and schema is validating that, that's a signal to them saying, yeah. hey, is correct. So it's actually um, going, it's, it's helping train their algorithm. So at some point in the future, it won't need it. That's interesting thought, because that's a very similar approach to how they use uh, Google Raider quality testers, right? They, they validate their, uh, you know, what they feel is a bad quality or low quality site and a high quality site based on their Google quality raters, right? Um, and they kind of cross check with algorithms telling them their site. So uh, that is interesting. I've never actually thought of it from that either. perspective. And uh, no, it's very true, right? Um, it's uh, Schema was created for search engines, right? It, like you were saying, it's a markup language that was created for search engines by search engines uh, to help their crawlers better understand what the web is and what content's on the web and, and better rank and index content on the web. So um, it was created, you know, literally by these search engines for for their crawlers. So there's definitely a ton of importance in making sure that it's part of your SEO strategy. Um, and really one of the most important, I think I mentioned this uh, just a little bit ago, but one of the most important uh, um, and most effective uh, I've seen in all my testing has been local business schema. Uh, you typically see pretty good results um, from a ranking perspective uh, when you're talking about schema. And that's there's no direct correlation with ranking. There's John Mueller, Google's representative has said it helps them better understand what keywords to rank you for. It won't directly impact what rank you are for that keyword. So that's kind of something you have to delineate there a little bit. Um, but it's still so important for, for driving that understanding. And I've really seen some positive results uh, when you do have more of an advanced level local business schema on your website. And that's not to mention the rich results um, that we haven't even touched on that can be driven from schema, like product review results or service review results. So say if you have reviews from clients, you can get those nice shiny stars, right? In uh, local results, you can get FAQ results, how-to results, um, job structure data. That's really outside the scope of multi-location SEO, but there's all sort of different rich results uh, that you can earn from schema. So it's definitely an area to explore and, and become more familiar with. Uh, if you're getting into the SEO industry or if you're more advanced in the SEO industry, it's definitely an area I recommend uh, exploring more. But I, I do have some best practices that maybe are more advanced level techniques. So I, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on if, oh, if those would be good nuggets to share. Okay. Just dump them out there. Let's hear them. Yeah. So as far as local business schema, when you're authoring it or developing it, whatever you want to say, really some key areas to take that schema uh, quality to the next level, right, is the purpose of it is to literally connect entities for Google, right, to better help them understand what entities are relevant and the relationship with other entities and better help kind of align with the knowledge graph, how the knowledge graph is connected, right? So really helping, yeah. We, um, real quick, not everyone's going to understand what entities are. So uh, yeah. I'm going to do the layman's version of people, places, and things. Yes, uh, people, places, things. Yeah, yes. basically entities. And so yep. it, it, uh, if I'm the CEO of Web4, 
Uh, Google mm -hmm. knows that because we have that marked up on our, our website, uh, the yep. language on there, Michael, marketing manager, they know that we're coworkers. So they start to have a relationship between entities and understand and be able to do that semantically. So take exactly. it away, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kevin. I, you know, I, I just skip over this stuff. Like it should uh, be second nature to a lot of people, but yeah, a lot of it, a lot of these are advanced concepts. Yeah. If you're looking at a, a, a graph, right? Like I'm an employee of web Four. Michael Cortez is my role is marketing manager, right? They connect it through what they call uh, semantic triples or just, you know, subject predicate object. Um, so I am a, the marketing manager or whatever. So Michael marketing manager, yeah, that's how they make their connections. Um, and that's very similar to how on the local SEO perspective, uh, you know, they're making connections with trip, triples as well. So when they're seeing sentences formed, going a little bit down a rabbit hole, they're looking at, you know, how those entities are create, connected in the sentences. That's definitely something they're keying in on. So a little bit of a rabbit hole there. But yeah, using schema to better mark up entities, what entities are relevant and what entities you know, you really feel are relevant. So like keywords or local geos. So that's a, uh, an important way to utilize your local business schema, circling way back here, um, is to make sure that you're going kind of the extra step or two to uh, get a little more advanced with your authoring of your local business schema to try to connect the entities and better help Google understand what it is you're saying. So some of the ways you can do that um, there are definitely some uh, best practices here that I recommend following. Um, same as schema is, is, or same as property in local business schema is definitely viewed at as one of the uh, most important areas you should be uh, providing information to Google to help them better understand what this web page is about. So some common things you'd include in like your same as schema would be your high level citations, maybe your social profiles like Facebook. Um, you can even get a little more advanced with it and do like Google, Google knowledge graph IDs or M MRE IDs and mark those up in the same as schema. Uh, but that basically that same as block tells Google that um, I am this person. I am relevant for this area. So if you're marking up your Facebook or your other relevant social profiles or other authoritative backlinks, Google is able to assign, okay, this entity serves this area and here's all the different citations or mentions of them throughout the web that validate their authority on the subject, right? So same as schema is definitely an area that's very crucial and probably thought of as one of the most important properties to, to fill out, um, you know, really robustly, right? Fill out as much information as possible, provide Google as much information as possible. And like I said, you can get really tricky with some of the knowledge graph MRE IDs as far as Google goes. Um, so if you are interested in that, you can obviously contact us and we can chat more about that. We're, we're always interested in chatting about SEO. So that's definitely one of the areas I want to highlight, same as, and then the MRE ID. Um, those are two important areas you can kind of help connect some dots with entities with Google in your in your schema. Another area um, is productontology.org. This is kind of a website, and I recommend checking it out if you're interested in um, better understanding this. But basically, it was created as a knowledge graph of sorts, right, that... Uh, basically assigns entities, right? So they have different URLs for dedicated entities and that can help better understand, you know, can, once again, all it's all about connecting dots to understand what entity you're relevant for, right? So if you're a lawyer um, in Vancouver, right? You would use the relevant product ontology for, uh, for the law field or the specific, say you're a personal injury lawyer. Um, you could use the productontology.com or .org to mark up your um, to mark up that you practice personal injury law, and then you can mark up the relevant geo and what your service area is, and all this information in your in your schema to better help Google understand um, what you represent. Uh, the other area I don't I'm already spending way too much time on this, so I want to move on because it can get really boring really quickly. I think it's exciting, but um, wikidata.org is another area similar to product ontology. 
and Wikipedia. You can use it in much the same way. These are knowledge graphs, essentially, right? So they operate much in the same way that schema operates and that the knowledge graph of Google operates. So it's all about connecting the dots between entities. So trying to mark up as many entities via uh, either uh, Wikipedia, Wikidata, product ontology, same as schema, citations, just providing a full picture for Google for what keywords are relevant for, who you are, um, really goes a long way in driving that understanding and connecting those dots for Google so they don't have to go through a bunch of unstructured data be like, oh, there's a citation here for them. Oh, there's a link over here for them. Oh, that relates back to this website, right? You're able to really connect the dots for them. Ha. Huh. Okay, Kevin, hopefully that wasn't too long of a rant there. No, that, that was that was perfect and and super valuable, especially for the people that are like seriously trying to understand some of the technical aspects of multi-location SEO. And we'll, I know we're going to get into talking this a little bit more at it about scale, but before we... Mm -hmm like being able to do this at scale when you have 100, yeah. 150, 200, we have some clients, you know, 240, 300 locations in yeah, different parts of the world. Yeah. Like, and so mm -hmm. like it, it can get uh, more complex and, and, and just getting the basics right uh, become like really important, just being able to do the basics right at that level. Um, but Absolutely. before we jump into that, there's a couple other uh, topics. You mentioned reviews. Um, Talk a little bit more about reviews. Um, you mentioned obviously the being able to use uh, schema and structured data to have them show up in the search results. But what about yeah. like just having those on the page? What's valuable uh, from that standpoint? Having them on the landing page or in your location pages that are on like Google my like Google Business Profile or others. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we were going to chat. All, I guess it's time pending from where we're at because we don't want this episode to last four hours. So yeah. uh, make sure we're mindful of everybody's time here. Uh, but I do think we're going to chat Google Business Profile. So I will I'll keep myself calm and try not to go too much into that subject right now because it's always something that excites me so much. It's something we I can, get we, so can tie it, we can tie it both in. Let's okay. actually let's, let's start with Google Business Profile and then when yeah. we, can, we can lead into reviews. And when we talk about reviews, we can also talk about like how like having those on the local pages is invaluable. Awesome. So let's start. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, Google Business Profile is just uh, I think we've talked about this a little bit, maybe in a previous local SEO episode, but it is becoming more and more like the the center how what would the word be it's just the most important area for businesses it's, really it's almost I, the business hub right yeah what I, what I say is like your website is the hub of all of your like online all the links out there right? yeah your website whereas your your google business profile is the hub for all your citations and all your local uh things that should be the center of of yeah. that right yeah because, it, uh, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Kevin. Um, yeah, Google's just putting such a huge focus on business profile as, as we're seeing them adjust the, uh, the SERP results, right. And the different tests they're always conducting, but you know, those three local pack, the, the local pack with those three uh, different map packs, uh, typically eat up such a large amount of clicks. Um, I don't have the exact figure, but I, I, I know it's North of 50%. It could be upwards of of 80 to 90% of clicks. Um, so really having your business show up when somebody's searching for what you do uh, in that local pack is just so crucial. Um, and it's such a big part of local SEO and multi-location SEO that um, it's it's really should be one of the, the focuses of your, your SEO strategy for sure. Yeah, and I think when we get into multi-location SEO and Google Business Profile, you start to look at doing bulk uh, uploads and bulk um, updates and edits and things like that, which a lot of people aren't comfortable with. There's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of things you can update. There's a lot of things you can't update <laughs> via bulk edit. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with, with that, obviously, yeah, we did the episode where we talked more about Google Business Profile and a lot mm -hmm. of the things you can optimize around that. But when you talk about multi-location SEO, doing... Um, Implementing each one individually is like crazy, but when we can take um, a database and and clean it up and get it all the information optimized, and we can do a bulk upload or a bulk edit, download and then optimize and upload and edit, like that's 
huge time saving and we can we can actually do a lot of really impactful things there. So I'm just mm-hmm. curious um, in relation to multi-location SEO and some of those bulk updates, um, I know that some of the process with the client has been some of the biggest advancements we've made there, being able to make sure we get that information from the client or work with the client to make sure that we get good information there for each location. Like sometimes this location doesn't offer these services. This location does making sure that each one has unique descriptions, like all that kind of information. So um, mm-hmm. what are, what are some of your thoughts around the bulk upload edit feature and like for, for multi-location SEO? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, that initial managing of of all your GBP profiles, right? Kind of at scale. And then there is some ways to manage it ongoing at scale uh, through other like SaaS tools. But that initial upload is very important, right? Um, and things we see commonly, I guess, things you want to stay away from that we see semi-frequently, I would say, would be, you know, for example, say you have a location that's not listed in GBP or you don't have a GBP that's created, right? Or say you have a GBP, but it's not listed on your website, that location, right? That's that's another major mess, right? So you can, that initial uh, cleanup, right? Or that initial review of whatever locations are in your GBP are so crucial for that QA process, right? Making sure your NAP information is correct, which is really the core of local SEO, right? Name, address, phone number, website. I, th- I threw the W in there. Some say NAPW, um, but making sure that NAP that NAPW information is correct and all the other information like um, you know your attributes um, and really you know your primaries, additional categories, maps. Really, the the core focus there. Um, they're all important, but that's the core focus. I'll say, and yeah, making sure all that information is correct is crucial to. Well, really, just kind of getting those foundational items in place before you really begin that optimization to to get you the results that you're hoping to see, right? So that initial upload uh, is very helpful for helping save time for creating or fixing uh, broken listings, and and um, it is also very important uh, for clients to be extremely thorough and really uh, make sure they have you know, all their information when they're, when they're performing it, because that's so crucial to, to being able to uh, give you the best chance to get all your locations showing up in Google business profile and, and making sure all your information is correct to give the best user experience too. So ties back to user experience, another huge area. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've seen it where there's a business that acquired another one and that had 30 locations. So they're merging that in and they have to change all the names of all those locations and then change all the citations and all these other areas and things like that. And so, um, you know, multi-location SEO is, is, uh, at scale and being able to do that is, um, it's, it, to me, it's, it's such an amazing thing because it's so impactful. Um, but it also can be very tedious and there's lots of, uh, there's lots of little things that sometimes you have to fight with Google about, um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of little things where it's like Google is, is saying, Hey, we, you know, want to validate that this is an actual location and you have to getting it approved. And so there's a lot of verification, all that, yeah, all that fun stuff. (laughs) There's a lot of, a lot of little hoops to jump through, sometimes bigger hoops, but you know, usually a lot of little hoops that you have to jump through, um, to get that. But there's also so many other things like just user, uh, user driven data, like uploading images to that location reviews, Mm -hmm. all that stuff that um, is huge as well. Yeah. I'd say on a multi-location perspective, some of those things you can uh, manage with like SaaS tools at scale. Right. And there's free tools. Um, Chromatic, it's a plugin, it's an extension through uh, Sheets. Uh, I'll plug it into the description on the podcast. Um, I believe it's Chromatic. It might be a little different name. That's a free one. But there are paid SaaS tools out there that you can use. Um, but really optimizing your photos, your posts on an ongoing perspective, right, to drive, drive freshness, but also drive engagement. Show them you're engaged. And then like you're saying, as far as managing reviews, that's Review campaigns are so uh, important. That's an area we were gonna gonna touch on. It's just so crucial to your 
first the influencing users to choose you and choose your business, right? Uh, but then also it is a major ranking factor nowadays in local search as far as Google business profile. Reve review campaigns can have a major impact. I've seen some case studies that, um, and we've seen some great results as far as review campaigns, but I've seen some case studies that really speak to the effectiveness of, of review campaigns. Yeah, reviews are, uh, reviews are huge. And uh, I don't know of anyone that would say they're, they're not and that they don't influence uh, that you show up for certain things. I mean, obviously, Google's gotten very good at detecting gained reviews and things like that. They're very good at that. But actual uh, user-driven content is such a huge signal for them. Um, so whether it's leaving a review like I did for uh, a restaurant that we went to when we were in Vancouver, BC recently, and leaving a review about their eggs benedict right and then when someone's searching for eggs benedict they're going to highlight that the reviewers like the eggs benedict there mm -hmm. so i mean it's just like it it's common sense that that that's going to be utilized data that it is utilized data uh, and it's extremely valuable so part of that is encouraging customers to leave reviews and there's ways to um to guide them, you don't want to tell them what to say, but there's ways to guide them into how to leave those. I also think Absolutely. question and answers is really important. Um, I often end up on, uh, you know, like for a number of businesses, when I'm looking for a restaurant, I often might not even end up on their website. I'm looking at their Google business profile and I'm looking mm -hmm. through their menu items because they have all these great pictures of all their menu items, which I hate menus without pictures and there you go. You have their menu with all the photos right there of all their food. You can look at it and it's user driven data in a lot of the cases, but then they have Q and a. So, cause I'm looking for places that have gluten free for my wife. And so does, if someone asked do you have gluten free and they answered that, like all that kind of user driven data is, is so valuable. Uh, I could not agree more. That seems like the theme. I said that a few times in this episode, but that that's so crucial. Um, really, that validation, that social validation, right? And making sure that this is the right choice. That's huge influence. And yeah, some of the ways that we're seeing, um, I'm going to share my screen really quick here oh, or cool. a specific tab. Um, so we're really seeing, you know, some of that that we're talking about, some of those impacts of, um, let me get on the right screen, some of those impacts of reviews. You can, if you look at, I did the infinity screen there for a second, but I just searched for veterinarian in Los Angeles, for example, because I found the veterinarians tend to have a lot of reviews, right? Uh, for the most part, because people love their pets as they should. So it's an area they want to provide a lot of feedback and, and give users, you know, validate users. Is this the best choice for you? Is this, is this the right decision? You know, do I recommend them? Um, this is, you know, review uh, veterinarian. Marians tend to acquire a lot of reviews, which is awesome. Uh, but you can start to see when you look at the reviews, you can start to see Google gap uh, or grouping these uh, very similar to how they group the knowledge graph. So you can see exam, kitten, spay, um, clean, hospital, fur. You can start to see them grouping these entities. Yeah. And the, how they group the same way they group entities in the knowledge graph, they're grouping reviews. And that's by commonly mentioned terms or words. Uh, but ultimately, this is definitely an indication Google is uh, looking at reviews, right, to better understand what you do um, and validate your business. Just like users are doing that social validation, uh, Google is doing validation of your business Um through reviews as well. So just an important call out, review campaigns can be huge. And I think we've seen um, some very good results, especially with some clients in the home improvement industry and other industries of review campaigns and having a some sort of reputation management tool yeah. that helps you automate that, that review um, campaign a little bit, right? So you can yeah. send them via email or text. Um, thoughts on that, Kevin? hundred uh, percent. I mean, we have clients in uh, a couple different spaces, everything from home improvement, the veterinarian uh, industry, where um, encouraging and, and automating some of that stuff to get feedback. Uh, we do it a lot ourselves where we help clients do reputation management, where it's we're trying to just 
there's two things that I think are really important. And the one I think is more important is inspecting what you expect and actually getting a feedback loop from your clients so that you know what's going on and like can actually hear and get feedback from them at scale so that you can uh, adjust quickly when, when you need to, because having that feedback loop and that kind of listening is really important. But then you also want some of your customers that are the most, the biggest brand champions that are excited, that are super happy with their service. You want them leaving positive reviews, telling their friends about it and all that kind of stuff, which that's, you know, encouraging that is so huge. So there's a lot of things you can do from automating via email or text or whatever there's a number of different ways that you can do that to help uh, drive those those positive reviews. And it is extremely valuable um, because some of the studies, and I think it was Bright Local, and I, I still reference it. It's probably an older study. But at the time, and I want to say this was four years ago, at the time when people got down to at five stars, people said, if yeah. business had five stars, 97% of the people said they'd do business with them. And then when it got down to three stars, it went all the way down to, I think it was 53%. Yeah. It was either 47 or 53% because it was the inverse of the other. But it was like you basically lost. If you're at three stars, you almost lose half the people. So if you had 1,000 people coming, instead of getting 970, you'd only be getting, let's say, 530 so those of those opportunities. So mm. having a strategy in place where you're – what I call anticipatory retaliation is there's going to be someone who is, you just can't make happy for whatever reason, or they had a bad day and they leave a bad review. And you want to make sure that you're encouraging the people that have good experiences to leave reviews because people are 10 times more likely to leave a bad review than they are a good review, right? If someone's not happy, they're going to spread it and they might post in multiple places because they're just frustrated and they, and they do it. Whereas someone had a good experience, they may or may not leave a review, right? So you, you want to encourage people. You want to make sure that you're uh, proactively uh, driving those reviews as well as just getting feedback from your customers at scale. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great call out. Um, it's so important. I mean, and, you know, you see those locations where you have 200 different locations throughout the U.S., but there's zero reviews for 90% of them. It's just such yeah. an opportunity being left off the, off the table. So uh, definitely an area you want to capitalize on. Absolutely. Is there um, – so, and this may go into the scaling of it, uh, this when we start talking about scaling SEO, but um, is there anything else in the Google Business Profile uh, and tying those reviews or doing anything into the landing page that you want to touch on? Because, um, I mean, we went over Google Business Profile previously, yeah. and so I didn't want to yeah. – we don't want to necessarily um, beat a dead horse, as they, which I don't know. Anyways, that's horrible. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, man, there's some of those things my dad used to tell me all the time. I'm like, I'm really questioning things. I'm like, who created this? <laughs> you came up with these things. No, I, I definitely understand there. Yeah, no, I think it's important to call out because we were talking about having reviews – um, that are on your location page. And obviously that can be influential once again for validation reasons, for, yeah. for client validation, social validation. Uh, but then also continuing to drive that kind of connect the dots, you know, from the reviewer to the business and just helping Google better understand, right? But some key areas that, uh, try to state that a little more clearly, some key areas that I think are important as far as tying the Google business profile to the location landing pages, if I understand understand correctly um, is really making sure that the nap for all of your your locations right so if you have so you have uh, Los Angeles uh, five different locations in Los Angeles and you have a Los Angeles landing page or location page right uh, it's very important to make sure that you have the name and uh, address phone number website uh, all of that information listed on that location landing page, right? There's ways to template it out kind of at scale, like you're saying, if you have like a local database that you're pulling those at URLs from, you could uh, almost, you know, at scale kind of have those, have that listed based on that database, right? And for each geo, there's different ways you can do it from a development perspective. Um, so it would take a little bit of an advanced level knowledge there, but definitely easy ways to make it happen. We have quite a few clients who do it in a very similar fashion. Um, but yeah, having that NAP uh, information listed on there, that location information, absolutely crucial, really a quick win and something you shouldn't be missing. Uh, but then reviews, you know, specific reviews to that local area. 
um, can be even more influential, right? If they visit a location landing page and they see that other people in Los Angeles uh, have, you know, left reviews, have experienced, provided experiences of this was a great place. I really enjoyed doing business with them. Uh, that can be extremely influential as far as making that decision to fill out that form, to give you a call or, you know, take action as far as like calendar invites, whatever action you want your users to take. Right. So uh, just a couple areas, I think off the top of my head, where did you have thoughts on some other areas uh, kind of tying in well, those two pieces? I well, I, I just think I, I think reviews are a great way to do exactly what you said and to add more like original uh, yeah, content, content yeah. Uh, yeah. that is relevant and is locally focused to that location. Uh, it yeah. allows you to have that unique content touching on some of the topic, touching on some of the services, um, you know, and their satisfaction. So it, it meets a lot of different areas from as users we're coming to that page and we're looking for uh, certainty. We're looking for confidence that uh, we're going to be happy with this purchase. And like you said, having someone local, having that social proof is really important. But then also from an SEO perspective, it also provides unique content that touches on some of the services, location yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really important. And um, one of the things that we've also done in the past and I, and maybe you could expand on this more is, is creating rela other relationships through maybe um, like touching on other things in the local area, whether it be uh, other events or things you support, sponsorships, mm -hmm. clubs. Oh, uh, local, local links for each page. Yes, this is a big area. Um, and it's really gained some huge ranking, have some huge ranking impacts really quickly. Um, I do tie citations in here uh, because I think that's an important call out and for hopefully everybody under, uh, knows what a citation is, but there are li listings of your, your business information throughout the web. Uh, there's a lot of different citation websites out there like Hot Frog or that's kind of a random one, but yeah. Yelp or, you know, there's, there's hundreds and thousands of them throughout the web and they're basically mentions of your business. You know, that NAP information we've been talking about, phone number website on their website in a form that Google refers to as unstructured data. Um, so there'd be unstructured data mentions of your of your brand throughout the web. So that's basically what a citation is. Um, so having citations and local links like you were referring to, whether that's through a nonprofit that you work with or say uh, an event you're sponsoring or say it's say you're part of a community watch group a lot of community watch groups will have websites and you could get a local link from there right or say um you know you're sponsoring a school or whatever they could be educational links they could come from any source but local links and citations are really a, a really important area because that's how google understands the web right so their crawlers crawl different links that go to different web pages and the link is almost a vote of confidence right from an external site so google looks at uh, that link is, hey, we trust this site. Uh, we recommend this site. Uh, and that definitely is a major influence in Google's algorithm, especially uh, even to this day. Um, but, you know, they're pretty getting better and better understanding how to game links, you know, PBNs or, or blog networks or, you know, old school link hack, uh, tactics aren't going to work, right? These are authentic um, based on, you know, your, your circle. Uh, that you work with your circle of influence and you know the different areas you you work in the community you're in right um so yeah yeah thoughts on on local links and citations kevin so everything from and and these are links pointing to your location page right yeah so, or site mentions of your name address phone number on other sites and things like that which probably link to do mm -hmm. a page as well hopefully that location page but um, yeah. <laughs> there, there's like, if you're part of a local chamber, if that location is part of a local chamber in that area, if you're part of networking groups or you have other yeah. vendors or suppliers that maybe link to you, there's a lot of different ways that local bloggers. You, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that kind of link to you that can be extremely valuable and not really hard to get. I mean, and sometimes local newspapers or other things, obviously those are great too, to, to link to you. So they all provide relevance uh, and build authority kind of votes for your, uh, your business uh, that they're endorsing it basically. 
So, yeah, I've seen some pretty relevant uh, case studies that, you know, local links drives a lot of relevance, even more so than like, you know, you talk about domain authority. And if you get like a DA90 link or something like that, you know, domain authority, uh, you get a very powerful backlink, right? It doesn't really help Google connect the dots that you're relevant for that area. So you so you it's actually more impactful to have a less authoritative local link because then that helps Google connect the dots of, you know, this is the area you service and, and can really be impactful for organic ranking. So local links can be a very important part of, of multi-location SEO strategy because then you're, and you're talking about doing that at scale, right? You could be talking about doing that for hundreds of locations or just five locations, but still you have to really be, um, you know, including that in your approach and your, your kind of focus uh, for your SEO efforts. So, super important. So let's, let's wrap this, try to wrap a, this up by kind of finishing on, and we can talk a little bit about how do you do original content for hundreds of pages, which yes. I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's, <laughs> there's ways to do it at scale, but basically yeah. thinking about uh, multi-location at scale and what are some yeah. of the things we can do to scale when we have, uh, you, we're leveraging a database of locations, we're leveraging a database of of uh, of content to some extent of category different things that we can yeah. able to do um how can we leverage that through our landing pages and through our google business profile and our citations and things like that yeah definitely ways to uh kind of set your put yourself in the best place for success as far as from an seo pers perspective or try to automate the seo autumn or the uh, automate the seo optimization a little bit right so there's definitely opportunities there um but as far as what you're referring to um, yeah, there's definitely, it's important from a multi-location perspective to be considering how to automate it as much as possible, but from the content perspective, you really want to stay away from, and they're getting better about this with GPT-3 and things like yeah. that, but you kind of want to stay away from any of those AI writers. Uh, it's not something I recommend, you know, some old approaches is like spinning content yeah. where you just like have a block of content and then you click it and it spins changes five words in there and you spin it again and you spin it hundreds of different ways right so that those are different techniques that i typically would avoid as far as automating seo at scale um and really the content piece or what you do with content at scale uh is just really have some really good content writers that's my thought have some people who really understand your your core target market um, and what, you know, what users you're trying to connect with, what their pain points are, um, and really how to provide value to them and communicate value to them uh, is going to be probably one of the best uh, approaches as far as content creation. I know it's difficult to create yeah. content for 500 pages, um, unique content for 500 pages, but really that's going to be the most effective uh, for both your users and your search results. So, and, you know, your organic results. So. Thoughts? Uh, I know you mentioned you had some thoughts on on that content creation piece. Well, I, like I said, I was, I was saying just you know you're going to have to write it. Basically, you're going to have yeah. to hire some great writers and write it. Now, depending on the business, there's always the uh, cost benefit analysis, and I would say in most cases the benefit is going to outweigh the cost for sure. But there's certain cases where I might say, yeah, it's better to, rather than spinning the content, I would say no to that. I would just, you can have the same block of content and use reviews to create different unique content. You can use directions and other elements that you could use to, to have it be a little more unique. And obviously your title tag and your and some of that stuff needs to be unique as well. But in most cases, the 95% of them, you're going to want to write the some unique content for that, that page. Um, and again, it depends on, and you may choose, we've done this with clients in the past because it's like, well, there's a budget. You may choose, if you have 200 locations, you may choose the top 50 and do it with there, use that as a proof of concept and then roll it out to the other one. So there's ways to find a middle ground too. Yeah, this is a good role, kind of good way to roll into that uh, SEO at scale. Like we were talking about some of the ways to kind of uh, automate this a bit, right? You can't, like, you, like we're talking about with content, 95% of the time you can't automate it. Um, yeah, Google understands kind of that boilerplate content. Some content's going to be the same and they can they can uh, prioritize and understand that, yeah, okay, this is just the same as the other content. It's not really, they don't put as much focus on it, right? Because it's kind of duplicate, but it's still, they're not going to 
give you a penalty if you have a little bit of duplicate content across a, a few pages, right? So uh, definitely nothing to be scared about there. But as far as SEO at scale, kind of rolling into to that piece, there's definitely some ways to save some time um, and kind of give yourself your business the best chance of uh, of you know just being optimized from an SEO perspective on page and and in some other areas, technical and stuff. Um, but a couple of areas top of mind for me that I think of initially is really uh, that template, right? You can do it via template. So, um, and what I mean is I'm referring to like, if we're talking about WordPress, uh, for example, which is what 90 plus percent of the websites we work on are, are the CMS they use, right? Um, WordPress uses PHP templates for the different areas of sites. So there's going to be a PHP template for your location pages. There's going to be a PHP template for your service pages. Um, and that template file is for that specific post type, um, but that's the master template for all those pages. So the same location template file would be uh, for all 200 or 400 or 500 location pages you have. So small updates and tweaks on that template file um, can help you automate some of your SEO approach, like title tags, meta descriptions, uh, by pulling in dynamically by pulling in variables into like your title tag. So uh, for example, if we're optimizing a title tag at scale from a template perspective, we could put our main keyword and maybe that's plumber or maybe it's emergency plumber or maybe it's veterinarian. Um, and then we could dynamically populate the city um, that that location page is for. So instead of having to manually fill in, you know, 200 different location pages, you're able to basically dynamically populate your title tag for all 200 location pages uh, in just a few moments because you did it at a template level. Now, there's a little bit of coding that's needed to pull in variables uh, that would, you know, have that geo information, a little bit of that database work uh, that we were talking about previously that would pull in that relevant geo. Um, but there's definitely title tag, meta description. Those are two key areas you can really automate a little bit with, uh, with just a little bit of code and save you a ton of time. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, one of the things I've seen is as we're able to take it from a database where you can quickly make changes in the database or a spreadsheet, uh, whatever it is that works best for the client, and then you can like mass update uh, yeah. a lot of things just by saying, oh, okay, hey, we can re-upload all these descriptions uh, and whether it be going to Google business profile and update all those or whether it be going to the site and wanting to have that also show up on the site or have different ones and different, like that, that is like, I, I love efficiency. And so I, when we were able to do some of these things and be really efficient, uh, it helps us be more effective for our clients. And I, I, I just, I love efficiency. So I love it when we're able to be able to make big changes, big impact uh, at scale. And um, there's so much we can do there from bulk upload to bulk edit in GBP to bulk changes in a template style on location pages um, yeah. to setting it up where there's a database of reviews that are tagged in a certain way and it's pulling in reviews that are specific to the, those location pages. Um, there's a lot of different things that, that can be done um, to make that effective, right? So that, yeah, that gets, no, uh, apologize there, Kevin interrupted you. Oh, you're good. I just said that gets me excited. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, lo I love that call out because really, you know, once again, these are all such huge topics like SEO at scale, we could probably have, you know, another whole episode on which maybe we will in the future. But like you're saying, generating some of that unique content um, through, you know, through basically, uh, you know, database content. So whether that's unique nap info, whether that's unique reviews, uh, or you like unique question and answer, you know, if you have, for example, so you have uh, people that are signed up for your program and you, you can ask them question and answers, you know, you can dynamically populate that content to create uh, unique content, right? So there's definitely ways, uh, kind of similar to a programmatic SEO approach. There's definitely ways to automate, uh, unique content generation, SEO optimization, um, or even, you know, automate like local, uh, you know, optimization from a Google business profile standpoint. So uh, definitely all about efficiencies, like you're saying. Um, and yeah, all about saving time, especially when you're dealing with, you know, hundreds of locations. I mean, time is such an important factor and we only have, 
so many areas we can focus on at any given time. So all about yeah. efficiency. Yeah. And I think as we wrap this up, speaking of clients with hundreds of locations, and I was, we're, we're going to be jumping into a meeting with them here in about 10 minutes. Um, but the, the thing I'm thinking about is like some of our clients that I love, they're so engaged and they're like, oh, we're, we created videos that are like unique for all 50 locations. And we're able to go to update all the videos and update content and do a business profile and put video on the page and have dynamic, like more multimedia content and things like that. So there's so many cool things that we can do, but um, we could keep talking about this for hours. <laughs> we're already but, over an hour, man. This is our yeah. longest episode. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> no, it's uh it's awesome. Um, but I think with that, I think we can wrap it up unless there's other things you wanted to, to finish on. Oh, no. I mean, we could we could keep going, but I think I want to be respectful of everyone's time. And, and I just really enjoyed this chat. It's been good. And I think next time, maybe uh, I know one of the bullet points we wanted to talk about was international SEO for multi-location. So maybe we make the next uh, SEO episode coming up uh, international SEO. Ooh. What's your thoughts on that? I love that because we have uh, a number of clients right now and uh, there's always so much opportunity with international SEO because they're, um, they often, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I could start time out right now, but depending <laughs> on, another hour, multiple, yeah. <laughs> multiple different ways they can set it up. There's a number of different things they can do. There's href lang tag and how you identify country code and language. And, and so there's a lot of different elements, but we've dealt with it, um, for clients that are in what 24 countries, well, actually, I think we focused on 24 countries. They're in more, but I mean, like we've done that and we've done um, some of that stuff that uh, we can kind of share. And uh, I, I love, I really love the uh, multi, um, multilingual, multi or global kind of SEO challenges that come with it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we've had ones where clients have multiple companies and those companies are kind of almost competing against themselves in different things. There's a lot of um, unique, hairy challenges we face, which I, I, I like those challenges. They're fun. Yeah. JavaScript redirects, right? Like making the homepage create different content if you're from a different IP or from if yeah. you're from a different country, right? There's all sorts of weird nuances that, yeah, a lot to dive into there. I'm looking forward to chatting international SEO. Definitely a subject I get excited about. Let's make it happen. I think we got a few podcasts between them, but we'll get it to it very soon. Here. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that chat for sure. That'll be a fun one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael. This was awesome. Thank you, Kevin. This was a great episode. Have a great day, all. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.